All right, this is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are doing the recaps of each conference. We did the AFC already, and we are on our way to the NFC. As we head into week four, Wiz, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, a little, uh, you know, concerned and, uh, you know, waiting to see, you know, how it plays out the rest of the week regarding these teams, the Titans, and now kind of uh, affects the, the team that the Titans played this past week, the Vikings, and the two teams that the Vikings and Titans are playing this week. So we'll see how it plays out, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, it'll be minimal. And uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see we'll see how it, how it goes later in the week, I'm sure, uh, for the Thursday podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be uh, more informed about the situation. Yeah, and if we know more tomorrow, we'll, maybe we'll pop one out there tomorrow, a short one, because we, we've spoken a lot in detail about preparations that leagues should have taken and thought about and all that. And, and, I, and I'm guessing you play in a few leagues where you know maybe you don't keep two quarterbacks or two, ti- or two tight ends rostered because you have a little bit more of a flexible roster. So, so this sort of stuff is... You know, potentially very impactful because on how you handle things with with a waiver wire, especially especially given you know what we have ahead of us potentially. Yeah, I think the league that I run, uh, that you're in as well. You know, we've made special Sunday COVID pickups for COVID players only. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, who knows? It may come into play this week. It may come into play in a week down the road. Um, or it may not come into play. But I, I just think that has those those in place is important. And we, you know, we, we're in other leagues where the guys who run the league were either not prepared or didn't think about it or didn't, or frankly, didn't really care that much. But, you know, you should win or lose your fantasy football game based on which team plays better. Not because your league didn't prepare and on Sundays you're stuck in a situation and you can't make up a pickup and you can't get a receiver and you don't have the required amount of running backs, receivers, or quarterbacks. So that's the thing that we, we talked about. We've been talking about this for months and months and months. Preparation, lack of preparation. I know your boy Jimmy O, he thought he was going to study and be prepared um, for all of these leagues, the, the, literally the day before his draft, and uh, he, he his his starting point has just been terrible. He's he's getting pushed around in almost every league. Yeah, he's uh, he's a patsy, and he's on his back foot now. And uh, you know, I reminded him last night, by the way, that there's one league where I'm partners with him, and uh, he was begging me to take Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes, and uh, I, I made sure I reminded him of that last night. Good stuff. Let's get to the NFC, and uh, your beloved New York football giants are in the NFC East, so uh, why don't you give uh, some quick thoughts and analysis on where we are in the a- in the NFC East through three weeks of football. Well, just remarkable. Growing up as a kid, this was the division, right? And at the to- back then, uh, the Cardinals were in this division too, but this was a division that you, you know, this was the, this was the, top of the top you wanted this division and right now it's the worst division in football uh and i'm not saying that with any hesitancy whatsoever um the joe judge era is off to a very slow start and granted the giants are you know diminished in a lot of positions their offensive line's terrible um they didn't even show up on sunday it was a really disgraceful effort It, it certainly hurts 
everything that's kind of going forward. And, and we talked about this, like, you know, picking up Devonta Freeman. What, what was that going to do for you exactly? If, if Barkley couldn't run behind these guys, what the hell is Freeman going to do? He was sitting on his couch a week ago. So it's not a pretty picture for the Giants. And, you know, I know you expressed a lot of concerns over Daniel Jones. And I don't know. I, look, he can't do much about this right now. But it's just like an ugly picture from a fantasy perspective. And, uh, you know, it might even be uglier in, in Philadelphia right now where – Carson Wentz has thrown seven interceptions in his first three games. Um, you know, offensive personnel is definitely in trouble in terms of, from an injury perspective, the offensive line is beat up. He's got injuries at his receiver positions. But there's not a lot of good things going on out, going out there. Jalen Rager is now out for the Eagles. Um, I don't know. You're going to start thinking about picking up guys like John Hightower, who I thought was potentially impactful this year, and Greg Ward. I, I think, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I think some people were very curious to see Jalen Hurts actually on the active roster this week. So I don't know what's going to happen. He got a little bit of a vote of confidence from Doug Peterson, but it's not good for the Eagles, and they're going the wrong way fast. Um, speaking of going the wrong way fast, the Dallas Cowboys really don't have a defense at the moment. That's very, very clear. Uh, it's great if you own Dak Prescott because they're going to be in shootouts because they can't stop anybody. Uh, so he's certainly uh, showing people that he can be an elite quarterback in the NFL. And he's uh, hoisting the ball a lot of times. He's averaging something like 450 yards a game. So you have to like that from a fantasy perspective. And Washington is also a hot mess. Uh, Dwayne Haskins fumbling, interceptions. It really hurts guys from a consistency perspective like Terry McLaurin, um, like Antonio Gibson, because this offense just was, they couldn't hold the ball. They, they had the ball for like 17 minutes the other day. So it's not a good situation in the NFC. Wherever I look, with the exception of the Dallas Cowboys, there is a lot of wasteland in the fantasy football perspective. Yeah, I think I've been pretty much right on the money with a lot of these key players in this NFC East. Um, start with the Giants. I felt Daniel Jones was a, going to be a better fantasy quarterback than he is a quarterback. When you watch him play, he holds on to the football like somebody holds on to a package when they hear ticking inside. It's it's really not secure. I mean, that ball is just being knocked out. He's got to get better with that. I'm not sure how a season like that, this is going to really help his growth. Uh, I had my Evan Ingram as my fade at tight end. I just couldn't believe how high he was ranked. Uh, you know, my position's gotten stronger on that. Um, we had completely different views on Carson Wentz. I think he's a decent schoolyard quarterback, but as far as decision making, throwing the ball, where to get, when to get rid of it, he takes too many vicious hits. He, his pocket awareness is not good. His throws, decision making, just all of it is not good. I feel like that player has has really regressed, and you know those teams are injury laden as well. That's not helping the situation. Um, you know, I know this 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 coaching staff is not married to Haskins as far as the Washington football team is concerned. So, you know, I'm just not liking that situation. There are a lot of teams that are going to be picking, they're going to be vying for those top five picks uh, come next year's NFL draft. Uh, McLaurin seems like really one of uh, maybe one or two bright spots on the Washington football team. And... Dallas is Dallas looks like they're playing with like four or five guys on defense instead of eleven. They can't get to the quarterback. They can't cover. Their communication is terrible, and they have absolutely 
no awareness of what the other team is trying to do. Aside from that, they're a terrific defense. You know what's um, funny? The, the, the guy probably playing best on his defense hadn't played a football game in five years. <laughs> he might be he might be their best defensive player right now. No, they have got they're they you know it's just horrendous watching Dallas. I mean, the only thing that honestly the, the only thing you should be happy about is if you own the offensive players because you realize that Prescott and those receivers and Elliott they're going to be in games where their offense must score thirty to forty five points to win every single game. I mean their defense just can't stop anybody. So it's wonderful and you know you're happy about that. But as far as the Cowboys in general, just 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 not good. But I, I still I still like them to win that division. But it's kind of just by you know uh, who do I you know. Who, who, who's my opinion against the least uh, strongest? And you know, I just have stronger dislikes for those other teams. But yeah, they're just, they're all they're all basically ugly prom dates. That's really what it comes down point, to. There'll be one team making the division, uh, the playoffs from that division, and uh, yeah. Let me ask sure. you: Is, is, is there, are, are there? Let, let me just ask you: Are any concerns on Elliott? Because Elliott really has been slow out of the barn too. I know the offensive line is definitely nicked up, but you know, Elliott is. Struggled in his yards per carry to yeah, start. Well, I mean, I'm worried about the game script, and if they're far behind, he's just not going to get a lot of carries. But that being said, he dropped three or four passes that were easy screens. That I don't know. I don't have some of them. The play looked like it was going to go nowhere, but on some of them, he could have got big yardage on some of those plays. So, yeah, I mean. This, the game script is one, and his play in the in the passing game has not been great either. So, um, you know, uh, I'm not overly concerned about Elliott, but um, he certainly has not played as, as well as he's capable of playing. So, we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes along as that moves along. You got to configure against the Eagles, the Giants, and the Washington football team. The Cowboys are not going to be blown out of any of those games. So you figure he's going to get a lot of touches in those games. Let's move along to the NFC North, where unfortunately my beloved Vikings play, and they have been one of the disappointments of the year so far. A top five fantasy defense for the last five, six years. I mean, every year you could count on them, and wow, that is not looking good. They are getting lit up like a Christmas tree by every single offense they're playing. Um, it's not good. I think, you know, their game plan on offense may change a little bit, but I'm not sure that they have the weapons to, to play that type of game. I mean, I know Cook is is a great player, and Thielen is solid, and they're high on Jefferson as well. They haven't gotten much production out of Irv Smith, which they've wanted to. Uh, I'm not sure if they could match teams in, in, in those type of games. But I think they're going to be forced to throw the ball a little bit more, especially if their defense just can't stop anyone, which very well may be the case. I'm still okay with the Lions. I'm not going to judge. The Lions are 1-2, but I'm honestly not going to judge a team that's 1-2 and two that was missing their best offensive player in Kenny Dolliday for their two losses. They won a game in Arizona last week. I think the, the Lions could sneak their way back into that division. Um, so don't judge Stafford or the Lions team based on the first two games because he, he just wasn't Kenny Galladay and he's a great player and he makes the other receivers more important because there's so much attention paid to him so I, I would not count the Lions out the Bears are 3-0 and 
I'm not sure how they're 3-0. They try and do everything to lose these games, offensive ineptitude. Now, you know, they've made a, a, coach, a quarterback change to Foles. Um, I think that'll help, certainly help Allen Robinson, I think. Um, Miller as well. Um, so maybe maybe from an offensive standpoint, there'll be, there'll be some – some, you know, I think those players, those key players on offense, um, may get a boost. And it seems like without Cohen, you know, it's all Montgomery now, and he's got a real chance to be a fantasy football factor. He hasn't been that up to yet, uh, so we'll see how that plays out. And and Green Bay, you know, I want to just mention one thing about Green Bay. So we talked about no no fans in attendance in in this year. And we talked how that would be a negative effect on some of these teams that have a great home field advantage. But one thing we didn't think about is how it will affect the road team. And after watching Green Bay played, it, it just dawned on me that Green Bay, when they would play these road games, especially these, these stadiums, like in, they would play in Minnesota or the Saints or Kansas City or stadiums like that, they would always be using a silent count. And the ability of Aaron Rodgers to get either a free five yards or an offsides where he knows it's a free play and he trucks it 60 yards down the field and if one out of every 10 of those plays is a touchdown, that's great. It's a free play. Now that becomes a factor on the road for all 16 games. He's the most skilled at it in the NFL and that's now a factor that in eight games wasn't a factor because Green Bay always uses a silent count on the road. And just something very interesting, a little nuance, and something you have to pay attention to. It's like Green Bay, as far as Aaron Rodgers and that snap count goes, it's like he's playing 16 home games because uh, on the road he tricked the, the Saints numerous times. So just the thing that we talked about how the home field advantage wouldn't be as strong, but how we didn't touch base really on, at least me, was how the road team would not be affected by the noise and Aaron Rodgers able to use that snap count and trick the defense even in road games this year. Yeah, and then look, Rogers. You know, we talked about. He looks happy. He he he's enthused. He's getting the ball down the field. He actually talked about that with the with the uh, being able to do what he did. So it's quite interesting. I mean, Alan Lazard, great game. He did this without um, Devonta Adams. So so it's a good story there. Um, you know, on Nick Foles, I, I think if you're a, a pass catcher like Alan Robinson, you definitely are much happier about the situation. I don't know why Trubisky was starting to start with. I don't know if they make a signing at running back, but Cordero Patterson will probably get a little bit more action in there at the running back spot, even though he's, you know, a different type of player. Um, I would say on Detroit, you know, certainly getting Kenny Galladay back is, is is a big difference maker. But, you know, the one thing that's amazing to me for, with the Lions is that the, Adrian Peterson is their lead running back. That, that's it. It doesn't look like anything different than that right now. He's, he's getting, like, the main, you know, important carries for that team. It's quite a fascinating story that's uh, evolved there. And then uh, lastly, on, on your Vikings. It certainly and, is, yep, for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and your Vikings, ugh, I don't know. Do they have to play? Like, you know, I think Jefferson will be a hot pickup, certainly on waiver wires. He, he looked terrific, you know, a couple of games under his belt now. And, you know, we talked about this. These rookies really didn't have an opportunity to do this. So, you know, I don't know. Do they start opening things up more? Maybe they have to but with this defense being as, as porous as it is. But uh, it's, n- it's not a great start for the Vikings. They had that game in their in their grasp and just let it go. 
Yep, good. How about the NFC South? Oh boy, oh boy. Um, okay, so let's start with the Saints because I, I don't know. I don't like what I see from the Saints. Drew Brees not getting the ball down the field is very concerning. I know they're without Mike Thomas, but I think there are concerns here. The the dump downs are certainly a big benefit to 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 a guy like Alvin Kamara, but it's not an offense that's working well. And I think the Saints have to be very careful here because you know one more loss early on in the season, it could become a big problem for them. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is playing really good football. Mike Davis was a very capable fill-in for Christian McCaffrey. So if you went in and able able to get him on a waiver wire, good for you because that's working out and it benefits the offensive players in, in for the Carolina Panthers. And their defense is going to benefit the offense because the defense is that good. And as a result, their offense is going to be playing catch up a lot of times. So so Bridgewater looks good. I'm happy to see what's happening there. Um, Tom Brady, uh, you know, I think there's two. There's one. He looked great on Sunday for sure. Uh, I think the big problem now is is Chris Godwin's injury and what this means for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneer offense moving forward. Uh, we'll see what it means for guys like Justin Watson, the tight end core, and Scotty Miller. Uh, but Brady played very very well. Again, this is not a good team, the Broncos. I think the best thing to talk about with, when it comes to the to the Buccaneers right now. We talked about this defense at the start of the year, but they are really mashing people up. And if it's the right matchup, they're going to put up some big, big numbers. And then lastly, the Falcons, who two, two just unbelievable odds in terms of them losing the two games that they have the last two weeks. Um, Matt Ryan's playing well, but this week it caught up with him. And Russell Gage went down. He had no Julio. And, you know, Matt Ryan disappeared in the second half. I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. We feel like we're looking at a similar script to last year. The team started out 0-3. They fin- they were 1-7 at the midway point. They kept Dan Quinn on. They came on in the second half. You know, from a fantasy perspective, it's certainly a benefit to the offense. Though, I, you know, Hayden Hurst scored on the first drive, and I don't know if he caught it on the ball the rest of the game. So I, I don't know what's going on with Atlanta just in general. It's a team sure. in chaos. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it really feels bad. I don't know. We've talked about this for a while now. It looks in some ways like the Falcons have just never recovered from that Super Bowl loss. Like, they don't have all the same players. They have some of the same players. But in some regards, they they just look like they – Okay, here's the best way to explain this. When you watch certain teams play over the years, when they have a lead on you, the game is over. That Ray Lewis Ravens defense and some of those Bears and Giants defenses, now I'm not saying every team should be compared to them, but like when they had a lead in the fourth quarter, the game was over. When the Falcons are playing, it seems like they have forgotten how to finish games. It's like they have never recovered from that Super Bowl loss. And I know it's a few years now, but it it just seems that way to me. And I just think it's going to be inevitable that there's going to be a time to be made, you know, a change uh, for certain. Carolina, um, I'm impressed with um you know they they've they've hung in there. They they've hung in there in in all of their games. Um, 
you know, that opening game against the Raiders, that that was a, a back-and-forth game, the, a big win at the Chargers this past week, their, their week two game was, was, it was a game that they, was coming down to the last drive, that without McCaffrey, so you can't expect them to hold up, you know, over the next few weeks without him, but they're hanging in there, and I like what they're doing. I, I think there's a lot to like about Carolina. I kind of have them, the NFC's version of the Dolphins, that kind of trajectory, young players um, playing hard, and I like what I see out of the Panthers. Conversely, I do not like what I see out of the Saints. Uh, I didn't like what I saw to Drew Brees in their opening week win. I think Tampa Bay kind of like bungled that game more than the Saints won the game, and the Saints have not looked good. I mean, he just, Drew Brees looks to me, he had, it, it just changed on a dime. It's similar to what happened to Peyton Manning. Like, you just start watching Bronco games and you go, oh my goodness, he just can't throw the ball down the field with any velocity. And the guy's had an amazing career. A lock Hall of Famer, records, and he's done everything the right way, and, you know, he should be heralded as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, and his path has been an interesting one when getting hurt with the Chargers and, and all of that stuff. But it looks like he has lost his confidence in throwing the ball downfield. And when I see this, I'm thinking to myself, boy, there was stuff that came out a couple of weeks ago that the Saints – we're in the Brady uh, sweepstakes to try and sign him. The Saints ended up signing Winston. Some of these things, and now, I don't know, I'm thinking it's starting to add up where maybe they realize that this could happen. So I'm concerned. And unless I see the return of Mike Thomas and presto, the Saints are back to their old ways, I have real concerns about Drew Brees um, in that offense. Uh, as far as Tampa goes, again, like they just can't keep their guys. Like Evans, week one, hamstring. Week two, Godwin, concussion. Week three, Godwin, hamstring. I mean, you know, their offense is really predicated on that duo with wide receiver. Evans and Godwin, the best pair in the National Football League. There's no question about that. But if they both aren't on the field, that kind of draws a lot of attention to the guy that is playing, and um, it kind of brings them back a little bit to the field, but I still like them in that division. So anything you wanted to add about uh, the NFC South? Nope, nope. Let's move on to uh, the best division in football, the NFC West. Okay, have at it. Uh, okay, so let's – well, no, actually, it's you. You are. That's you're up to do the uh, NFC West, correct? No, I just I just went over the NFC. Oh, you're right. Why did I just go over that like yeah, that? Wow, that's okay. okay. It's all right. You know, ah, just... I realize what the heck I'm doing here. I went over all the same stuff. I tried to. I did exactly what I uh, told you we should avoid doing. Uh, my apologies on that. Uh, so let me just briefly go to the NFC West here. The 49ers. Um, um, I thought they were going to struggle to make the playoffs, and I didn't like them to win the division. Nothing much has changed there. Uh, I think they're really missing Debo Samuels. they got to get killed back, obviously, at most. I mean, they're, they're banged up. And it's a division where, honestly, all four teams are good. 
They're, they're all good in different ways. Uh, we talked about letting Russ Wilson cook. They're certainly doing that. Arizona offense is good, uh, but I'm still concerned about their offensive line and still worried about their defense. So I, I think they're, they're a good team that is going to be up and down this year in different games. They're going to look great, and then they're going to look really poor like they did on Sunday. And the, the Rams have a lot of good young players, and, um, you know, their offensive line, if they can hold up with those skilled players, um, you got to like the Rams to, to rebound this year. I mean, I thought last year a lot of people were on the bandwagon, and that was wrong, and then I thought this year a lot of people had jumped off the bandwagon. I thought the Rams would be better, and they look good. And it looks like Henderson has kind of taken the lead role there, at running back now, it's funny. It started off like Akers was going to be the guy. Then after week one, oh, my goodness, it's going to be Malcolm Brown. And now after week three, it appears Henderson's the lead guy. It's the wacky world of fantasy football. We talked about how crazy that Ram backfield situation could be. And I think it's going to be one of those evolving situations from week to week. So go ahead. Uh, add anything, or uh, what, what else did you have to say about that division? Yeah, I thought, I thought Henderson looked great uh, on Sunday, and that's two weeks in a row of, of a lot of big plays. So, you know, I think he's got a good hold of this job right now. So if you are happen to have picked him up, that's fantastic. Uh, I think I saw a stat where he's now owned in like 85% of leagues, which is, which is good to see that people are paying attention. Um, I'm really happy about uh, – Letting Russell Wilson cook for sure. Uh, you know my view before the season started. I think the one interesting thing I would love to be have been in the room when uh, when uh, DK Metcalf uh, and his little uh, uh, let's say uh, mental lapse uh, at the end of that play where the ball went out of bounds uh, and a touchdown was taken away as a result. Um, you know it harkened memories of of past plays uh, in the NFL. Leon let Deshaun Jackson. So I'm sure there was a good lesson learned from that, but. Uh, you know, and now with Chris Carson banged up, you know they're going to go to Carlos Hyde. They'll probably use Travis Homer a little bit, but I just think give, it gives more uh, affinity for uh, Russell Wilson to be winging it around the field. Um, I happen to be, you know, I'm here in New Jersey, and I happen to be walking by the hotel uh, where the San Francisco 49ers were staying before they headed off to MetLife Stadium. I saw both George Kittle and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo walking out into the into the team buses. They both look terrific uh, walking, you know, and again, they weren't running down the field, but I think they'll be back this week. Uh, Nick Mullins has been a very capable backup, but um, yeah, they've got a lot of players injured. So, you know, the Niners will get some, you know, they'll, they'll get some of these guys back, but, you know, they are still playing pretty good football, but they've had to go out and sign some people. They signed Ziggy Ansah on defense. So let's see how that shakes out. And I think you're bang on on Arizona. I thought, I thought Murray made some terrible decisions on Sunday, which cost him the game. Um, but, yeah, the offensive line's not that good. And uh, But I, think, I do think these are four of the better teams, without a doubt, in the NFC. So it remains to be seen how it shakes out, but I think there's a good chance that all four of these teams are definitely in the playoff hunt by the time the season ends. There's no doubt about it. Not only is the guru a fantasy football specialist, but in his spare time, he's an orthopedic surgeon. And he's announcing that Jimmy G and Kittle are probable based on his analysis as they walk from the hotel onto the team bus. Where can you get that kind of information? You don't need to listen to Adam Schefter. You got the guru here who's viewing these players with his own eyes, and uh, he's deciding which players are questionable or probable. That's fantastic. We'll see uh, how that 
that comes into play. One thing about Kittle that relates to Kittle is, man, I feel bad for Jordan Reed. This is a kid with so much talent that he's just not been able to stay on the field. Concussions, and then he thought, okay, here's my opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Let me get with the 49ers. I'll be a part-time player. I'll be a specialty player maybe in the red zone. Kittle gets hurt. He is playing dynamic football. He looked great in week two. I mean, he really looked athletic. He made some athletic plays, and now it looks like six to eight weeks. I'm not sure what's going on with that field in MetLife, but I got you got to feel bad for Jordan Reed. You just yeah. have to. No, it's tough. I mean, you know, he's been hurt by the concussions, obviously, but he was able to get back on the field, and he's looked really terrific in, in, in his last two weeks, and it just really sucks for the player. So, yeah, so, it, so, so Wiz, I'm just uh, getting a little uh, update here on those two games, which it it, uh, it looks like it's going to start moving into the you know the potential of these games getting moved to other weeks. So we'd be talking about the Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota game, who they would be playing Houston and Tennessee and Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of it looks. A, this is an evolving story. If we know more, like I said, we we may do a podcast tomorrow. But you know, you're going to have to start preparing and some some leagues do have waiver wire pickups tonight. So you're going to have to start thinking about that on what you may potentially have to do if you're only running with one quarterback or one tight end, you may be forced into earlier action because there were no bye week schedule for this this week coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's looking what uh, Jason Lacamfora uh, is uh, is saying from CBS that the NFL has notified the, the Titans, the Steelers, the Vikings, and the Texans that they may have to reschedule um, those games uh, from Week Four to a later a later date. So we'll see. Tuesday uh, scheduling by week. So yeah, they, we'll have to see how it plays out. And uh, man, we've been telling leagues and guys for months and months and months. Put safety nets, put protocols in place, and I hope that you're not in a league that's going to be panicked by this and uh, and they don't know what to do. So we'll see uh, We'll see how it plays out. All right, Wiz, good stuff, and uh, we'll catch up later. And uh, Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe. It comes right into your inbox. Very easy. Good stuff, and have a great afternoon, Wiz. You got it. You too.